0: I'm Mel Stewart and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today in the CEO swim series is a friend, it's an old friend, man I've known for a very, very, very long time. And I know you're gonna love him because I love him because you know his core values are the same as his company's core values. He embodies this. He wants to simplify swimming. He wants you to swim better. He wants you to swim as long as you can, maybe even for a lifetime. Ladies and gentlemen, we have CEO and founder of Phineas, John Mix. Hi, everybody. Mel, thanks for having me on. are you a founder or a co-founder i'm a co-founder we get we get that straight i don't i don't want to mess that up i'm a co-founder too and i've said founder and someone said hey buddy you're not a founder you're a co-founder
1: so my my other co-founder would be pablo morales so pablo and i uh grew up in the same neighborhood we were we were teammates and uh after the 92 olympic games uh he came back and i started asking him questions about uh about his success and about the, you know, did he use a monofin? And, uh, and he wasn't aware of the monofin at that time. And and that was the, uh, that was the moment that we said, you know what? Um, well, actually take a step back. We we brought one out to the pool. So Pablo try this thing. Um, and, you know, he popped up after that first use and said, Oh my God, this is really fun. and And wow, you go so fast. So, something was happening there, right? We, I immediately knew there was something going on. Um, But I think that the biggest takeaway Pablo got from that monofin, not only fun and fast was um, when he kicked on his side, he said, wow, that's, that's that feeling that, that I have, that I've always had a hard time to explain. You know, how do we, how do we teach people to get power in both sides of the kick? And now I had something that was, it was fun. It was fast. And uh, you could learn something and what we just said, hey, let's, let's start a company and we'll, we'll just, it won't be our day job. We'll call it a hobby and then that's how Finney started.
0: Let, let, me, let me paint a picture for, for our folks. Uh, a lot of people are, a lot of coaches, a lot of parents, some young kids drop in on the podcast, but let's paint a picture that you guys might appreciate. Uh, I was a witness to this. I'm a peer of Pablo's. I was, he was my hero and then I was on some national teams and Olympic teams with him swam in some Olympic finals with him and lost. Um, but John, when he was younger and much more handsome and Pablo were on deck. Uh, I remember you, I think it was Indy. You were on deck and you brought out this mono fin. And I was like, what is this? What is this thing? But no, it was like you both said, you got to try it. you got to try it. And it was massive. So, yeah. so were you, did you create the mono fin? I mean, ha, ha, it's, it, It looked like something that, that, that prototype looked like something that was built in a garage. Uh,
1: We originally built them in garage, in our garage. I mean, um, until the, uh, so yes, I was building the monofins in the garage. Uh, The way it came about is uh, I was exposed to the water polo, to the monofin uh, while playing some water polo in Europe, 1987. Uh, It was, on pool decks, you know, it was commonplace. I'd go to pool decks and I'd see these big giant monofins. And I inquired if I could just try one one day and I tried it and I thought, wow, this is really, really fun and interesting. Um, It was fast. And so I came home from that time in Europe and finished up school in Santa Barbara. And I started looking up patents and uh, I'd brought home a monofin with me. Um, And in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, Maybe there's a time and a place that uh, you know th- this would be something we could bring to the to the world. I didn't even know was it was it for swimming? Was it for what? In Europe, it was predominantly used for free diving and for a sport called monofin racing. Um, you know, and and I want to give credit to uh, David Burkoff, I think is the first person who. Really, he trained with a monofin extensively before '88, and when he uh, when he raced in Seoul and he did most of his race underwater, uh, it's because he was training with a monofin. And you know, he pops up for a couple strokes before that turn, and the whole world went like, "What's happening?" Um, and, and that's why I thought by '92, Pablo would have had exposure to it, um, but but he hadn't. And when you win gold in Barcelona in the hundred fly and dolphin kick and the monofin and and he wasn't exposed to it it seemed to me like this is something that we needed to to bring to the world of swimming and uh and try you know it's we continue to learn so much with it right so um today there's a lot of different safer smaller affordable versions that that we didn't have back then and uh there's just a lot to be learned with the underwater work with the monofin
0: if anyone is uh the underwater dolphin's the fifth stroke and uh the, i tested you you forced me to test this product back in ninety two and i did and and I, I think I had the same reaction that Pablo had but I, there were two things that 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 came to mind that were, it was immediate it was that it forced you to use your upkick and it also and i'm like my ankles were already flippers. They were super loose and which you have to have. It, it is the secret ingredient to being a faster swimmer. And this also worked your ankle flexibility. And, uh, so I thought it was, it was an, a really interesting innovation. And, um, what's, I'm going to get into Phineas. I'm going to get into the company. I'm going to get into what's, what's, what, you know, what, what's, what your life's been all about. But I, I do want to say this. It is a, um, that was an unusual beginning And I feel like it was a historic moment in time because I think that that product's been transformative. Um, You know, there's a lot of folks out there that are listening in there. And I think everybody has shared knowledge. It's like you, you have shared knowledge, Pablo. We all have shared knowledge. And you think to yourself, I'd like to start a a swimming company. And uh, John, I'm the same guy. I wanted to do it too. I, before Swim Slam launched, I talked to my wife about it. She talked me off the cliff. I think. It's, it's a very romantic idea and you feel like you understand it. You, but I have a feeling it's harder than people realize. And uh, it's a challenge, one you have to be passionate about and one that um, I think that you've explained to me over the years is, you gotta be pretty sophisticated. So are you as smart as you look? Or? <laughs> so so just, just tell them, then just you know, give, give our audience an understanding of you had a mono fan. How did you sta What was that development phase from going from the monofin to this company now that is known as a global brand?
1: Um, uh, I, I did it with the people around me. So in the very beginning, so we, we honestly were, it was a hobby. Pablo and I had our day jobs and we were four years into the development of the company before we quit our day jobs. Um, so, it went from a monofin, and I think that's what kept it fun, right? So there wasn't so much stress, like we've got to make this a success. We said, let's, you know, after the monofin, we said, you know, let's, you know, in this sport called monofin racing, in the longer races, they wear, they just take a plastic tube and they stick it in their mouth and, and there, there they go. And, um, you know, the first snorkels that Pablo and I built, we did exactly that. We put a hot Teflon rod down a sprinkler pipe and put it in a jig and bent it around. And we started selling bent pieces of sprinkler pipe. It was called a snorkel. Um, and uh, before we knew it, you know, two or 3,000 snorkels. Um, we applied for a patent and, and you know, we we had the, the luxury of being the only people with a snorkel for quite some time. Um, but even with the snorkel, it was still a hobby. And then, you know, one of the you know, as smart as the people that we surrounded ourselves with. So the early days, um, Richard Quick and Nort Thornton were our biggest mentors. We would spend time uh, on deck with them talking about what problems are we trying to solve? You know, like this was just for fun where we have a day job, don't worry about it. So there was no stress to figure it out. But, you know, the the original hip rotation products, both the tech talk and the hydro hip were derived from conversations with Nort. He says, you know, John, we've got to teach people about the proper timing of the hand to the hip snap. Um, You know, and, and it was actually at, at the 96 Olympic games, uh, members of the British team members of, there were probably three or four international teams that showed up in Atlanta with our snorkel, and our monofins and a couple other products. And that was, that was the moment I said, you know what? (laughs) I think I want to quit my day job. I mean, swimming's way more fun. Um, And uh, so all of the products that we've developed, it's, it's not, it's not from me. Uh, It's from listening to the coaches, to the swimmers, to the, to the people and, and really taking our time to figure out how can we, embed that into something. Um, So it was always just kind of a fun thing I I I didn't dream that it would be what it is today.
0: When you uh, just let our audience know that when you we have really one big moment a year where the entire market comes together on the business side and that's the the a World Clinic and uh, that in the United States and when you go to this convention it is, it's four coaches, but there's a lot of uh, companies there that interface with the coaches, and it's, it's a very social atmosphere. Fenice has the biggest, uh, you have great presence. You bring a full team, and it seems like there's a lot of joy there. It's, and Seeing that and seeing how you work on the marketing side, it seems to me like the creativity that you bring to Fenice is really where your joy and passion is. Uh, how, how accurate is that? Yeah,
1: again, you know, I, I guess I'm surrounded. I was never a great swimmer. Uh, I was a good swimmer. I enjoy swimming way more today than I did when I was younger. Um, but we've got a lot of people on our team, people at Finis that, that grew up and they, they swam at a collegiate level or, a, or at a, at a national team level. Um, uh, Olympic swimmers, Ross Davenport's part of our team. He swam in three games, uh, for the British team. Um, so I think there's, there's just crazy passion about like, we, we really do love what we do and why we do it. And so we, we do say, let's, let's kick it up a notch. Um, so, uh, that comes true in our, in our product development. It comes true in our marketing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share a little secret that I share with our staff. There's a, there's a small little book and it's called 212 degrees. And I tell people, I said, you know, read this because when it comes time that we're going to make something or put something in the market, it better boil. Okay. So the, the, the short story is, you know, you know what 211 degree water is. It's really, really hot water. And that, that's what it is. And at 212 degrees it boils and we create steam. You can move a locomotive. I mean like magic happens. Um, so, that's what I push our team to do is if we're developing something, keep looking at it until it boils. We don't need to come to market too soon. Um, that, that's, you know, so it's it's easy to look and then just until it really, you know, when it boils, you know it and the customers are going to know it. So that's so something we, we push.
0: That's uh Okay, so that's a book that I haven't read that I have to read. Shame on you for not sharing that in our endless <laughs> talks that we have. Uh, I, I guess you're not trying to give away your secret weapon. You did say that that's that's private and internal. Two hundred twelve. I love that. Uh, but before I'm, I'm, we're, we're not, we're not trying to to pitch a book here. Although I'm going to read it. You know, if if you're if you're at your desk or you're you're in a place where you're you're listening to the to a download you know, pop over to, if you never have, uh, shame on you, but you need to pop over to dot com, and, uh, you know, it's a, it you're, you're going to understand finice because it's a, uh, it's all about design, presentation, vision, and, uh, you know, investigate the site while we're having this conversation. This is what I want to know from John. Uh, John, I I know you went from from you know this being a hobby to cutting the cord and going okay, I'm going to jump off the cliff, and uh, I understand what I understand you know where your head's at now, but you share with us it, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there where you know talk to us about the fear that you felt in that moment or or, or didn't, and what those what those next years were like.
1: Wow, that's a big one. Um- Hey, first, I want to make a note that uh, you mentioned, hey, jump over to our site. Uh, During the month of October, if you put Swim Swam in as a promotional code, you'll get 20% off your order. Um, And that way, if there's something on there that you haven't tried or you'd like to try, um, check it out. Um, Gosh, what was it like? It was horrifically scary, Mel. Um, My wife was pregnant with our first child. Um, I was leaving a a high paying job. Um, So I think, but, but what happens when, when you, you know, nerves, right? It's, it's no different than the athletes before they get up and race. If you've got jitters, you're probably going to swim pretty good. If you're not nervous, something, then are you really clicked in? So I think at the moment that I, took that leap and said, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, I, I did not keep the same pay rate. I went to a whole different, you know, back to college uh, pay rate. Um, but I had that, that, that nervous butterflies in my stomach every single day saying, I got to make this happen. I, I, I dove in. Um, but I, I didn't dive in prematurely. And that's what I would, t- I mean, the best, uh, CEO entrepreneur advice I can give everyone: um, Don't cut the cord too early. Go fake it till you make it. Uh, you know, I had I had a staff of five, and so I was covering other people's payroll while Pablo and I worked our day jobs. Um, and Pablo and I were putting money into the company to make this happen. Um, I would have the woman answer the phone and you know, it, it didn't matter who called. It could be Richard Quick who called. And my, the, the gal in the office was Rose and she'd say, you know, Richard, John's not in at the moment. Let me get him a message and he'll get back to you. And it wasn't that I wasn't in. I wasn't even there. Um, but Rose would contact me and say, hey, John, Richard called. And I'd find time to put a call back to Richard. So, um, you know, we we had enough uh enough sustainability we we saw what was happening with four or five products that pablo and i were able to carve it out and i said i'm 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 making the leap and the truth is pablo made the leap one year later pablo goes you know what it looks like fun i want to do it and pablo joined full forces with me for a couple years and then pablo had the realization he says hey john it is really fun but i love coaching and you know for for you know he, he he has his law degree he tried some law, he tried some finance. but the bottom line is he wanted a coach. And so he took that leap of faith too. He says, Hey, I'm here as your co-founder, but I'm going to go coach. Um, you know, he's happy. So you, you got to do what makes you happy. If you do what makes you happy, then uh, that that's a huge part of the success.
0: It's a... We've experienced that too. We, we had a co-founder, Garrett McCaffrey, who I absolutely love, and he's like, "I'm going to go coach." And when someone says that, when you know when they're following their passion, it's that pure. You got they gotta do what they gotta do. When I think about Finis, and I, I do think about the uh, Monofin, I do think about the Genesis, I do think about the Snorkel, because these were transformative products in our sport. Um, and you can build a business off of that what's what's been transformative for Phoenice after those products what's what what's what's been like wow eye popping like this 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 is hitting it coaches get it swimmers get it they're adopting fast what was what were the next products that that, that got you on the way to becoming this world-class brand that you are I'll try and hit on a
1: couple of them um, when we think about products we, what we're really doing is we're trying to solve problems too um, uh, I know it doesn't really mesh with the, all of the competitive swimmers of the world. But, uh, we, you know, there came a time in my life where I was swimming and, uh, I was getting bored out there. Um, and I thought, you know, what is it? And so I'm swimming and the mind is racing different places. And so I was losing the enjoyment of my swim. And, uh, my brother said, you know, why don't we develop a way to to provide music while you're swimming? So we actually, uh, filed and tried to acquire patents for bone conduction. We ended up doing a licensing agreement for bone conduction. The way bone conduction works is if, well, and, and we developed what's called the swim P3. And today there's a couple other versions as to how we deliver music when you're swimming. Um, but it provides uh, an amazing escape. So uh, Dave Salo used to let us guys dis- use it. Um, I mean, there, there's, but for the everyday person that goes out for a swim, like when you can take your own music into the pool, uh, it's just it, it it helps you escape from all your other thoughts. So I'd say the uh, bone conduction music it was a big big transformer. Um, the tempo trainer is one that's very relative to, I think most swimmers have had experiences with it. But it, again, the the simplicity of it. It's a small little metronome device that allows you to, if you can find your right uh, distance per stroke and your stroke rate, then you have an idea as to how to prepare for the ideal swim. Um, it's, it's, without it, you know we, we draw some conclusions, but is it consistent? So it's a simple device that you can vary your stroke rate and you can now manipulate either your distance per stroke or your stroke rate and plan for your ideal rate race. So it's, it, it looks a little bit technical, but it is actually quite simple. And if you think about the math, right, actually swimming is math. It's those two things that equal your time. Um, So that, that was, that was a really great one. Um, There's a, we were the first ones to come out with a strapless paddle and we've done a few of them now. And I think that's, that's brilliant. That's kind of a genesis of people who love swimming, who said, what's the problem? And I said, you know, like these hand paddles with all these straps, I mean, what's the purpose? Um, And when you build a paddle without the straps, it only means that you have to technically swim a little bit more correct. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. that. That's kind of, uh another mantra around the office you know it says if we could just teach people to swim better uh the chances of them swimming for a lifetime is is far more likely so let's make beautiful products that they love that they learn to swim better with and we can work with these customers their whole life so the, i mean those are three kind of uh easy ones that in the early days um the, the truth is it, it was in 2016 when Anthony won the 50 free in Rio. Um, and, you know, we made great suits, but here's the truth. He didn't wear our suit in the finals at the 50 free because, you know, he wore our suit leading up to it. He wore a suit in a bunch of other races. We made a really good suit. It wasn't a great suit. Um, and, and I want to go on the record. It, it's not the suit that makes you your best. The suit allows you to be your best. So, so let's not, you know, p- pretend that the suit is the catch all. But Anthony came away from Brio and said, we still need to fine tune our suit. Um, and uh, during that year, we, we got Anthony Irvin and Carolyn Joyce to go over to Asia and they spent a couple weeks there every day, testing the fit and the function and the fabric. And after two weeks, they came back and said, you know what, yeah, we, we put in all the hard work. So it was, it was the first time we dressed the swimsuit with all the attention that we had otherwise given to all the training products. So that, uh, that felt really good. And the, where it ultimately landed was you know, arrival one and then arrival two. And after they did the work, we kind of took Olivia Smoliga and James Guy through a very similar routine in the UK and, and in Georgia and just tested and refined and tested and refined and said, we're not doing it until we think we've got it. Um, and today I think we are, we have about 25 or more athletes in the ISL that they, they've chosen our suit. They go, yeah, it's, it's really comfortable. It has great compression, has good stretch. Um, so I found, you know, that's, that's a feel good moment and, and you don't have it until you're faced with, you still didn't do it right. Um, so we've we, we jumped down that
0: it's kind of the mindset of a swimmer right it's, uh, you can't lie there is no, there's no lying in swimming it either works or it doesn't And when it doesn't work you, you know you're aware but let's, let's stop one, one second right here you launched in 1993 but by 2016 you have one of the most iconic swim stars representing your brand at the Olympic Games Anthony I'm talking to Anthony tomorrow, by the way, where he's coming on the podcast. Right. It's—I it's, know you got excited when you were on deck in '96, and you're like, "Wow, these Olympians are using our products." However, now you're on deck, the Olympic Games '16, and Anthony Irvin is is your brand ambassador. What? What is? What's the difference in the feeling?
1: Well, shucks, you know, I, I wish there was an Olympics in 2020. And I think in 2021, uh, permitting, um, we're going to see more more representation on deck. Um, there's certainly a lot of pride, but again, it, it's we're proud of the athletes. You know, what we've done is we provide tools so that they can refine whatever it is that they need to refine. You know, refine perfection, you might say. Um, But our tools are used at all levels of swimming, from the very elementary levels of swimming to the super elite to the super old people. Um, So we make tools that they use. So I I think that the real pride is to look out there and think that there's probably a lot of athletes out there on deck at the Olympic Games that are using our products in their training. Uh, Just Or, you know, that feels great. Um, And when there's an athlete representing us, on deck um like i said I, I like to think it it's the athlete's decision you know um I, I didn't i didn't seek after anthony anthony i knew anthony anthony said hey you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna do it again i like your stuff do you want to have a partnership it's as simple as that i mean that's that that's that felt good
0: we're winding down to about our last eight minutes, and I just wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm I have insider information because we're we're we we are partners. Full disclosure, but it's a I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm locked in this creative journey with you, and uh, you're always doing things that bolster your brand on a global basis. And uh, you know, w- tell me a little bit about Joel and 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 your partnership with Jolene. It's, 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 a, it's a big brand, and it's uh, and I thought it was interesting. I'm like, John stepped in there and, and, and made a partnership. What, what, is, what is that about?
1: The, um, let's see. Uh, a year and a half ago, uh, through some exploration, we realized that we, we both made suits out of the same fabric from the same factory in Italy. And um, we called our fabric, uh, one thing and they call their fabric another thing, but you call it your own name. You know, theirs is uh, forever, ever. Ours is Aquatuff, but it's the same fabric. Uh, and you do that just to kind of uh, put up a barrier of, you know, hey, what fabric is it? Um, when we realized that, they they are always going to be true. They're, they're going to be a women's only brand. And they said, but, you know, we are seeing a lot of JoLynn Warren on the decks. Would you like to partner together so that, if a team, in fact, wanted to wear, the, the women will wear Joe Lynn, the men can wear finesse. The girls that are size, you know, under size 26 could also wear finesse. Why don't we come up with the same six core colors that teams would want and let's work together. Um, in, in our team contracts, they've always been non-exclusive. I, I don't think it does anyone any value. So if you were a team that said, hey, we want a contract with finesse, I give you all the value we can, but I do not preclude you from telling everyone they have to wear our stuff. If they wanna train with a fin from Speedo or a paddle from Tear or wear an arena suit, let people use what they need to be the best version of them they can. Um, and I will go above and beyond to give you everything I can from Finis. but it doesn't mean you have to use our stuff. And I think that and the Joe Lynn mentality of, hey, we're always going to be a women's brand. They're, they're really, it's fun and it's functional. There, there was something about this that very cohesive that we said, you know, we should work together because we don't see each other as competition. And, and the thought that says, hey, well, now there's going to be some teams that the girls used to wear your suit and they'll be wearing Joe Lynn. Big deal. Let the girls wear what they want, you know what I mean? At the end, happy swimmers are fast swimmers, and uh, you know I, I wish we could all work together. I wish everyone thought uh, non-exclusive was the way to go.
0: I don't. I think you're the only company in, in swimming <laughs> who does that. I don't think anybody <laughs> else does that. Just just <laughs> let our listeners know that that is uh, this is an outlier philosophy, and uh, it's uh, but it's it's better for swimmers. It's better for teams, and uh, bringing it back to Joel Inn was a. They burst onto the scene, and you you saw even if athletes were under contract with a lot of other brands, you'd see them warming up in In. you would see them at the beach in In. you would see them working out in In. and um and i the the marriage makes the partnership makes a lot of sense because you know it your distribution is fantastic. You've built a great company over the years. you've been working really hard every time I talk to you, you're like you're heading off to some far flung place around the world. It's uh, I'm not going to say I can see the age in your face, but you, it looks like you've lived 40 <laughs> years inside of 23. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hardworking
1: man. Uh, we, we, we do have really good distribution. Uh, I'll admit like, I think from the early days, uh, you know, Pablo and I put it on the early roadmap. We said, if you're going to actually be a brand swimming is, is such a, a niche that, um, there's no reason why we can't open ourselves up and make sure that we're accessible everywhere. So we, we really made an effort to, to build that and, uh, found great partners around the world. So our, our products are very broadly available around the world.
0: When, when what is, what's in a, what's a market that really excites you? Like we, we're in swim Swam is in India and uh, a lot of people are like, what are you doing in India? And why do I keep seeing this Indian, you know, Indian marketing? And I'm like, you know what? In terms of education, they love swimming. And they, it's, it, it's a different market, but it's a big market. Uh, you know, it's, where is Finis going?
1: Well, I'll, I'll piggyback that one. I, I love the market in India. Um, they're, they're an emerging country, um, and people need to learn how to swim. L- learning to swim is a life skill. And once you learn it, you can do it your whole life. Um, so we're, we have a great distribution partner in India and I I speak with, uh, coaches and organizations in India, um, that are saying, you know, we, we want to educate. And I I think what's nice about the, the culture of India is let's not just educate the coach. Let's educate the coach and the kids, let's educate everyone and let's all learn from one another. Um, it's pretty unique to the, to the world of swimming is, is just how much coaches do in fact collaborate with each other, sharing, you know, drills and, and, uh, because it's about bringing out the best in swimmers.
0: Before we wind down, I need to know this smart goggles. It's, this has been coming, uh, this has been in development for years in the background. And I know that you keep your ear to the ground because you're always looking at new technology that's emerging. And, uh, it seems like a lot of, a lot of smart goggle tech has, has, as it's starting to they're starting to be birthed into the marketplace where where are you with smart goggles and and what are you excited about
1: yeah that's something uh if people log on to our website you will see a picture of our smart goggle that's coming out um and it's going to be available reality probably january The, the goal was have it out for the holidays um you don't rush something uh for the sake of making a Christmas present. Um, it's it's. So before I tell you about the product we're doing, I'll I'll let you know that probably 10 years ago, we tried to build our first one. And when it was done and we spent a lot of money and the engineering team came and showed it to me, this is, we had engineering team in-house and we had a group that we worked with overseas. And that overseas group gave us that first sample and I thought, oh, my God, you know, like, no, shut the project off right now. People will never swim in it. It was a big, bulky. Uh, so I don't care if you could see the information or not. You know, people care what they look like. You don't want to stand out. I mean, that would have been fine to wear, you know, sitting on the couch and playing virtual reality games. Um, So we we shut it down a while ago Um, but the the current smart goggle we're we're doing it in partnership with a group called C Um, and that C would stand for like coach in your eye but the simplicity of it would be is is our smart goggle has the the module that pops into the peripheral vision of your left eye and therefore when you're swimming you're still looking and it's just, it's just you and the pool and the black line and the water and everything else around you. But at any moment that you choose to look in your peripheral vision, you can have a wealth of information. Personally, I like to see my splits, my lap count and my running time. So, you know, I'm coming to my wall, I come off my wall. I see that constant split. Great. Uh, if I had selected on my phone that I also want to be given my lap count with any kind of frequency, maybe every four laps, it's given me my lap count, um, or a running clock. So it's, it's, um, I think it's going to be, uh, one of the best products we've ever done. I, I don't think I know it will because the, the time that we've taken to make sure for every little detail, it's so good. Um, it's uh, it's it's a beautiful product, and it's and it's just providing people with information, right? So if you don't want the information, you don't have to see it. You can wait till you get out of the pool and just have all the information in your phone. It'll give you your stroke count, your splits. It'll give you everything about your swim uh, to look at later. Um, that that that's the simple beauty of it. it. It's just a goggle.
0: I'm sitting. I'm sitting here watch watching Anthony Irvin, Tony Irvin swimming. Uh, on your website, so if you're if you're at a computer or your place where you can where you where you're listening and you can you can pull this up, it's Phineas Lane Vision, Vision. Yeah. And the you know the the interesting thing is that um, we yes, this is a tool for swimmers. Uh, it's a tool for coaches as well, but it's also a um, you're in the data business, buddy. This,
1: and and Lane Vision is different, right, Mel? So Lane Vision is the software program that we. Yep. Uh, we, wa- we worked on that with Natalie Coughlin and, yep. and her club. And, uh, you know, it allows you to take your smartphone or your iPad and you can just you film your swim and it has automated stroke detection. So because it catches every stroke automatically in the frame of while you're taping, when you're done, you simply hit process and you get all the data that normally only a swim coach has. You, you, you get your, your, your turn time you get your splits, you get your stroke count, you get your underwater breakout distance, you get your underwater velocity, and it's all done automatically. So it's it's. I'll tell you what, it's a three dollar app. Um, I think it's a it's a good tool if you did nothing more than filmed yourself as a in a test swim once a month and went back and looked at the different test swims to see how you've improved. Um, but we haven't been pushing it to market per se, because we were launching right at the start of the COVID crisis. And, you know, we have to be sensitive to how much pool time some people are getting or are not getting. So we're gonna, you know, it, it does use machine learning. So everyone that does uh, use the app, we, the data does filter through and we continue to be able to refine and improve it. And when the world really gets back to resume swimming, the more people are using it, the more dynamic it, it'll get. It's, I think it's the best tool today when you, if, if I were to ask a coach to provide me with, um, you know, a, a review of my swim, you can, you can perform a full review on this app. You can annotate on it. You can talk on it. Um, but what it does is it gives you subjective data from subjective opinion from the coach. Over the top of the objective, because all the data is in there, right? So when the coach says, "Hey, look, you're dropping your knees, you're slowing down," look at your velocity graph underneath. You almost hit zero. Um, well, you know, the the proof is actually there. So, Lane Vision's a really cool, uh, cool program. Bad timing for product release.
0: <laughs> but if you told me back in 1992 that the person I was talking to. Uh, <laughs> you know, often the distant future would be would be sitting here doing this now, and you'd be talking about machine learning, which is artificial intelligence. I would have said, "Whoa, that is truly the future!" <laughs> and you're a little bit crazy, John. I love you, buddy. I appreciate the conversation. It, it, you know, Phenise, the ecosystem of Finis is so massive. Um, you're gonna have to come back on, and we're gonna have to talk about it more. And I'm sure people are gonna have questions, and they're gonna say, "Hey, Mel, you screwed this up. You should have asked this." And, uh, and I'm going to say, yes, that's correct. And I'm going to want to get those, those questions answered. Will you come back on? I'd love it. All right. Thanks, buddy.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You've been listening to the Swim Swam
1: podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.